Hello, Russell Howard here. Right now, I'm in America on tour, and while I'm here, I thought it'd be a good idea to record some special episodes of Wonderbox with comedians who rarely come to Britain. In case it's your first time listening, a Wonderbox is a place to keep things that remind you of all the best things from your life. So that's what this is, me and a guest talking about the things that make them happy. My guest today is one of the funniest and most respected comedy writers in the United States. He's best known for co-creating Chappelle's show and his specials Three Mics and Blocks are amongst the best on Netflix. This is Neil Brennan's Wonderbox. Hello, I'm Russell Howard. Dan, are you there, by the way? Dan Atkinson. Hello. Oh, there you go. Hello. That's our producer, Dan, who you can hear, but you can't see. And I'm here with, uh, with the wonderful Neil Brennan. Nice to meet you. We've... Here's the, here's oh, the here it is. And yet again, where did we meet? And how? Um, so, met you ironically in Ireland. It was in a tent. Yeah. Uh, At the Ivy Gardens Comedy Festival. That's right. Yeah. Met you backstage. That may have been, if you enjoyed my special three mics, the first time I ever did three mics in a very shitty way. Wow. Because uh, Trevor Noah was backstage, and he was like, are you doing that three mics thing? I was like, no, I haven't even thought about it. He's like, you have to do it. No, you have to. So then I did it, and I was like running between my – it just was not – it didn't make any sense. So that was probably nine or ten years ago. Yeah, right. And uh, I think we both more or less looked the same. I think we are both taking care of ourselves. Yeah, you look great. Thank Fucking thank you. D- did you know as soon as you'd done that show, even if it was a bit rough around the edges, you're like, okay, this that is That one, thing. no, but there were – Pretty much every other time I did it, I was like, all right, this worked. Yeah, it's it's such a great special. Blocks is great, too. Mm. You uh, Thank you for saying that. Well, I was watching it today just to reacquaint myself. Sure. And I felt super guilty because you said it doesn't matter. I live a mile away from here. And yes. then I was watching Blocks, and you said you lived in Venice. And I was like, oh, shit. But I, al- I also <laughs> mentioned a... that there's a homeless problem in Venice, didn't I? Yeah, but you said you didn't move. I didn't move. <laughs> When I had shot that, technically, yeah. I told no lie. No, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, uh, I did move, but the reason I moved was because of it's ten degrees warmer Where inland, right? In just in West Hollywood than it is in Venice, and it took me eleven years to figure that out. Okay, so yeah, so now I live close. Okay, so but I appreciate your guilt level. I just want I can relate. Be, I want you to be comfy. Of course, it's it's really exciting. I think this is going to be a great episode because the whole point of it is to share things you adore. Mm -hmm. And you don't, I don't say, talk a lot about stuff I adore. This is it. Yes. You share a lot of things that you find problematic with the world or yourself. Mm -hmm. So it feels really exciting. Can Neil enjoy things? I think that's the real question. A (laughs) lot of people are tuning and people are pulled over to the side of the road right now to see if I can do it. Does Neil Brennan have wonder in his world? Yes. Well, I actually thought of doing that as a, separate special of like i i don't think i it would only be like 10 minutes i'm kidding um no yeah, i don't think, I don't think I could feel the time. <laughs> it's just you on uh, stage just going, I like and like yeah. all right that's all i got yeah yeah but just um, um uh, yeah. We should, i'm gonna come back maybe <laughs> yeah. i do enjoy a lot of things it's just there's no tension in something you like there's no tension but it is really exciting when somebody has the courage to reveal a thing they adore Mm-hmm. because we don't do it very often because you're scared someone's going to go, that shit, shit. how yeah. can you like yeah. that thing? I didn't do any guilty pleasures. I That would have been a... Di- Maybe I'll try to think of some as we're going. But okay. I didn't. I just do things that like I really like. So what is the first thing? Number one. Okay. It is a Amazonian plant medicine called ayahuasca. I'm so glad you put this in. Yes. I could just talk about this. Okay. So We don't have to, but have you done it? No. But I love the idea of doing it. Yep. But I don't know anybody who has access to it. And whenever I've spoken to people who've done it, they say, you've just got to find a shaman. Now, shaman aren't to a penny in London. You don't really see them knocking about. Mm -hmm. And the thing that's often... This sounds like the beginning of a musical number. (laughs) Shaman aren't uh, (laughs) aren't, uh, to a penny in London. You don't see them knocking about. Fanfare. Yeah. And whenever people speak about it... The, the, there's never specific amounts. Whenever I've spoken of it, like psilocybin ayahuasca, mm-hmm. friends of mine will go, well, you've got to take enough to move beyond the ego. And you're like, just give me a fucking number. Uh, the bad news is it varies. Yeah. Uh, I've done it, I'm going to say 15 times at this point in the last three years. Okay. And I've been like properly served. 
what I would consider like a manageable amount. Right. Yeah, exactly. A manageable amount. Okay. What? Those are two different things. Then the ego breaking part. Yeah. I would consider an overserve. And what is so good about it? Okay. Well, Russell, before I began t drinking ayahuasca, I was a atheist who took daily antidepressants. And now I'm neither. Oh, wow. So those are pretty big. I now, I had a God experience on it. Okay. And after a certain ceremony that I was overserved in, a few days later, I realized like, oh, I'm never going to need antidepressants again. Wow. Now I was, it was a horrible experience, the medicine experience. I was forced into outer space by myself and the universe was killed. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if that means anything to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, By yourself in outer space yeah, and like the we're ultimate. shutting it down. Oof. What do you mean you're shut everything? Yeah. Everything. Yeah. The earth, the stars, the galaxies, nebula. So when you hear you you hear people talking about FOMO, you're like you don't understand FOMO. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, it was so complete. And when you sort of came to and presumably you were with your friends, mm -hmm. presu presumably you didn't leave them for a while. I mean, after you've experienced I, that, you want to hang on. So I, I was overserved. It just wasn't working. It's the classic like edible story of like, it's not working more. It's not working more. It, any drugstore. It's like, ah, man, we should take more. And then the way it started was I purged. This is the thing that freaks the purging. We're talking, is that defecation? Uh, no, I've never seen anyone defecate. Yeah. And I've seen hundreds of people do it. Okay. So I've never seen anyone. I've seen a lot of people vomit when people say ayahuasca that's the one that makes you vomit i always say no that's alcohol <laughs> yeah, yeah. alcohol makes people <laughs> yeah, that's a really million people are going to vomit today from alcohol <laughs> and no one associates that with alcohol because yeah. it makes girls horny yeah. so we don't don't get in the way of <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> don't get in the way of alcohol shut the fuck up about the puke <laughs> the girls are horny so it, it began with the purge the only time i purged when you purge on ayahuasca you purge up notions Okay. Meaning I had a friend purge up his mother's hatred of him. I had... What color is that? That's a deep purple. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And like I purged up an apology to the earth for pollute, just like how gross human beings are. My own personal guilt I purged up. Wow. And is it then gone forever like you were saying with depression? Or uh, not exactly in my case. But you feel like, I mean, what do you want? I, I purge. It's not gone. I'm not like, yeah, now I litter. Um, I purge once, so now I get to litter. Yeah. A friend of mine saw God. I think he took acid at university. Um, he opened his fridge and he saw, you know, God. Was it? It, it is was it a joke or was he like no, 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 no. i'm i now i now yeah. understand he, faith he, and all that he shit. felt like you know what what he, you know he was like the creator mm -hmm. that's why he worked but i often thought every time he went back to the fridge it must have been the saddest moment do you know what i mean that it just, just seemed mustard just cheese yeah just but and because every time you're thinking a bit like quantum leap Here is, we this, go. is this the leave home <laughs> and yet but, but that was all in my head but I, I just used to look at him with such sadness going, I bet, yeah. I bet you he's thinking about it. And you'd be like, hey, go get me something in the fridge. You'd give him a wink. Long, I, I was doing it for, and I asked a friend of mine fairly recently, like two years, three years later, like, how long was I doing that for? And he goes, three hours. Oh, my God. And I'm, I was out. I was in outer space. Yeah. And they were apparently hitting a drum and telling me to come back into my body. Gone. I was not there. Right. And then slowly but surely I came back, and it was like... I was covered in my own purge. The guy, it was the guy, I call the guy a rickety shaman. Not a good shaman. Yeah. Um, and Sure to give you a bib. I mean, at the for very fuck's sake. Yeah, with like a, <laughs> I mean, with, with like, but not a lobster, like a red. Well, we used to put down plastic sheeting if we were watching a comedy film and my nan was over. So the very least uh, shaman could do is come what, you. Again, to turn the tables on you, what color is that? Well, luckily nothing happened. But it, it never was, happened. No, I mean, it was close once. We watched Jumanji as a family. We thought she was going to go. But she would shit? No, pee herself. <laughs> it was loose. She'd had seven kids. <laughs> but it was that, just that it, thing. It was loose. It. Yeah. My mother had 10 kids. I'm the youngest of okay. 10. Okay. Well, yeah. then you know. So what, I get you know what I mean? Yeah, look, yeah. You don't have to tell me about yeah, exactly. tarping things down. You've seen Happy Gilmore? If, anyone, <laughs> if anyone understands where you're coming from, it's uh, The money I've blown on tarps.
So then I'm terrified for days, like slept with the lights on. Yeah. I don't even know why. I'm like, what are you afraid of? I was just freaked out. Yeah. But then I realized like when I'd gone off antidepressants, the floorboards of my mood kind of felt like loose and moist, like they could get depressed. Yeah. And after this bad eye thing, they were higher and firmer right. and like polished. Wow. And I realized like, oh, the science that they understand or that I've seen is that it it's neurogenerative right meaning it creates new brain new pathways yeah which yeah. but also new actual cells right. uh new brain cells is apparently the only thing on earth that does that pretty good man if if i told you i don't take antidepressants and i'm i believe in god and i didn't before and it's not i don't believe in a religious god i don't believe in a like yeah, there's no rules to it there's no it's just a spiritual understanding or obviously I could be imagining the whole thing. It sure feels like a reality. Yeah. But I also was a died in the wall atheist and before that. So I can't say like you're wrong. I just hadn't had a spiritual experience. And then the second time at ayahuasca, I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. This is God is here. Was there part of you thinking when you found out there was a God, you're like, Oh God, I've got loads of really good bits. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like as a comic, like that is the thing. It's like if you had loads of really good material, <laughs> and then ayahuasca went, no, 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 you can't do well, it. Well, you know what's like, funny? I do I've the got thing a tour. And, yeah, I the I do. You can couch it as like I wasn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But now, and then you get everybody. You're like, I get it. But now I'm a man of faith. But then the next time you take ayahuasca, God's going to appear and go, you've been lying, yeah. haven't you? What do you why, hey, that setup's a little long. Come on. I have thought of bits on ayahuasca. Okay. Not like divine, but I've thought of tags. Yeah. <laughs> not like whole bits, yeah, but, yeah. you know, certainly tags. Yeah. It's not all overwhelmed and spiritual. So before you take it for the first time, did you have like an objective? The bit at the end of blocks, when you briefly have those two clips of you, one in China, the other yeah. where you're having kind of electroshock. Yeah. That is, it's such a quick heavy. Yeah. That is a real window into you like, oh, fucking hell. Yeah, well, that that's the DMT part, the crazy part. That's a whole other thing. But the point I'm making is, w w was doing stuff like that, were you kind of at the end of your tether in terms of trying to get, find a happy? Was that- Yeah, I was just looking for some joy. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. like that's what I was looking for. And- it's all been a process in that I did Aya a dozen times, then I did the DMT and kind of broke myself for about what I thought was seven months and then it ended up being a year and a half where I was like, I'm done. And then- What do you mean you're done? Okay, so it's another, don't get this confused with ayahuasca. Listeners. Okay. Do not get this confused. This is not on my good list. This is on my this <laughs> okay. is on my bad list. Yeah. Five meo DMT. It's a toad secretion that they scrape and then you smoke it. Right. And it's way way past. I told people I was aiming for God and I missed my stop. Right. Let's move on. What is the next thing? No. Okay. Ice cream. Okay, what a lovely juxtaposition. Have you had it? <laughs> I'm not massively keen on ice cream. Really? Yeah, I've got psoriasis, so. Well, there you go. Dairy. Means nothing. No, no, dairy is apparently oh. f makes it flare up. So. Do I, you consider yourself good looking? Uh, no. Why'd you ask? Because I I consider you good looking. Yeah. Uh, meaning I, I know that to speak with you now. And to have dealt with you backstage at a show <laughs> where you're about me. to go on <laughs> right. and like you're kind of amped and juiced. Yeah. It's like a different, that guy's resentable. You, I don't resent. Oh, that's interesting. That other guy, the flash guy, I was like, okay. Okay. Yeah. This guy, I don't. And I also know you like me. So it's like, I'm a little, obviously it's like that thing. Larry David had a joke. of Hitler said he had a good haircut. He'd be a fan of this. Yeah, it's weird though. It like, uh, and I think I, I'm aware of my face, particularly when I was younger. Oh, fucking here comes he man, like. But that isn't how I see myself. But I've often thought. I how old are you in your own ideation of yourself? So my th my theory on this is that everyone remains the same age they were when they started comedy. So I started when I was 18. 
and I've always been the young guy in the UK. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah, sort of I'm with you. Woody Allen one time said that. He's like, I still see myself as a child product yeah. because he started writing for like TV shows when he was 16. Yeah, so it was that thing. I was always like the young kid and knocking yeah. around. And, but out of my friends, I, was, I wasn't kind of the attractive one. And then I would find myself in comedy, you know, just kind of like lots of misfits and th that suddenly I was kind of aware. I was like, God, I hope people don't think I'm a dick. And I know I'm not a dick, right? But it's so hard to come to over assume and, that you're not. Well, yeah. but like backstage, I'm nervous and I'm kind of pacing because I want to do well. Yeah, I get it. But no, like I was saying this earlier, the arrogance and shyness look exactly the same. Sure do. Do, do. do you know what I mean? And it, yeah. Whenever I'm in America, I find this sort of I, I'm desperate to kind of chat backstage to kind of comics, but I feel sometimes like my face gets in the way of that because my face looks like it belongs to someone that's composed. Yeah. But it doesn't. You're not composed. No. But yeah. I'm, I, I'm you not. also could, like, if you had a worse pair of glasses, yeah, that would help you. But then Trevor Noah is a very handsome guy. He is. Uh, did you have that same resentment to him? Uh, <laughs> like, I, I didn't not. <laughs> yeah. I didn't, like, I've made fun of, I've called him dimples on the, sh on the right. Daily Show. Like, yeah, yeah. I, like. He's depressed though. He's got depression, so that's why that's like where he makes it up to you. But that's what that's what happens, isn't it? That we have these kind of conversations, and you realize, oh, cool, we're pals. Mm -hmm. But so, but backstage, we you were kind of like, well, no, and backstage you seem like a big deal. Do you know when we did um, JFL? Jimmy was hosting, and Jimmy introduced me, Jimmy Carr. Mm -hmm. Uh, he said, this guy's the Bill Cosby of the British comedy scene. <laughs> just didn't qualify it. Nobody Great. knew who I was. So I just had to wander on and go, you're right. Yep. But they were like, God, this guy is so confident for a sex offense. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, I mean, but, but I, th I thought they were joking. Like, I thought they knew the gag, but they clearly thought that Jimmy. Yeah. yeah. I, mean? just got I know. And they don't know that you and Jimmy are friends. Like, you, yeah. it would take a minute and a half to explain, yeah. like, Jimmy, why did you just yeah. say. You'd have to fuck the taping up. But this is it. But I so I just went into the stuff. Like, yeah, I know. You you feel like, because you've rehearsed it yeah, and yeah. you like got it approved. So you're like, yeah, I don't I'm now on the mind. I just don't do those shows. They, I love them though. My favorite, I was doing one and it was um, Captain Picard. What's mm -hmm. his name? What's his actual name? Um, if you don't know, I don't know. Uh, Patrick, 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 Patrick Stewart. Stewart. So Patrick Stewart, I was backstage with Gina Yashere. Mm-hmm. And uh, Patrick Stewart's opening line, there's 3,000 people there. They walk out, I go, oh my God, you know, Jean-Luc Picard. And he went, his opening line, he went, I'm very much in favor of assisted suicide because <laughs> I find when I put my hands around the neck of a dying woman, it's the only way I can get hard. And the whole crowd went, <laughs> like that. The writers who clearly given him the joke are like, gulp. And then Gina Yastere looks at me and goes, fuck's sake, man, they wouldn't let me say moist. <laughs> and it was, it was this kind of perfect, yeah. like you go, that is the world all over. And he just died, because clearly the writers would, would give him anything. He introduced me, he said, this young man has got a talk called Wonderbox. That's what I call my wife's pussy. So I kind of walk on. I happen to go, that guy's mental, right? It was the only way of making it work. Great, fantastic. Yeah. Uh, so, we, so we were talking about ice cream. And we, we quickly morphed into my face because I said, I said I had psoriasis. <laughs> so take me through it. Uh, I just think it's delicious yeah. and I think it's sugar. But this is what I like about it because you don't look like a man that eats ice cream. It's something when people see me holding an ice cream cone, <laughs> yeah. universally they almost always laugh. Yeah. It's a weird thing where I'm like, what do I seem like? Yeah. Like this guy, I'll tell you something about Neil Brennan, no way he enjoys ice cream. And then I show up. There's something so childish and yeah. vulnerable about it that I think makes people, makes their uh, heart smile a little bit. But you would look like a professor that's left his wife. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? If you were really, you know, you'd, yeah. ha you'd have that, f I mean, something's happened. Yeah. The guy that yeah. teaches physics. Yep. But you uh, also look like somebody that scoffs it like a dog. I bet you don't eat it gently. I bet you really go for it. Do you know what I mean, Dan? You, yes. Yeah. Um, I, well, I do kind of deep throat it. That's yeah. another thing yeah. that people have noticed about me. And I gag. <laughs> <laughs> What's weird is I'll be gagging, I'll be my tears, and I'll I'll really uh, teach myself a lesson. Yeah, and they're like, I think you've had enough. Yeah. Oh, oh we'll be the judge of that. <laughs> yeah, I just like, have. I'm vegan, but once a week, and I don't really eat sugar. 
but once a week on Sundays, it's all pretty much all sugar, sugar day. What, so what is the, is it vegan ice cream or is it kind of? It's not. You so just, I guess I'm not vegan. Yeah. But just every, is it every Sunday? Every, just on Sundays, yes. So you have like, you're like The Rock, you have like a cheat there. That's correct. Yeah. In many, many ways like The Rock. And do you eat wildly? Do you look forward to that? Yeah, it's it's pretty graphic. Yeah. <laughs> It gets pretty graphic, <laughs> other than the deep throating. Yeah. It's like kind of gross. Right. Like, go, we're going to get cake. Then we're like, I don't eat dinner. Because like, I just eat garbage. But you've spoken a lot about body dysmorphia. And the, the there's a, a refrain that you've said a lot about Mark Maron. Yes. Who talks about you still. Mark Maron has <laughs> noticed me on stage grabbing my love handles. Yeah, I, I didn't know I did it. You know what's interesting and kind of a cruel trick of the body is that you can hire a trainer, you can work out four hours a day, eat correctly, do everything right. Your body isn't necessarily going to look amazing. Yeah. You have to have good infrastructure. Yeah. Like you have to have good, like, tight muscles and. I couldn't get a. I would have to get so anorexic to have a six pack. Yeah, it would not be worth it. Yeah, I'm 150 pounds now. But you know that. That's what's really interesting. Isn't yeah, it? and is that? So I guess what I'm saying is, when you're sort of devouring the ice cream, is there sort of a part of your brain going, "You better make up for this." Mom. Yeah, I go. Well, you know, we're go we're throwing, we're leaving it all on the field tonight. Yeah, and then we'll come back tomorrow. We'll go back on salads. We're gonna. I have salad every day for lunch anyway. Always for for like twenty something years. Yeah. For like Monday through Friday. Because uh, me and, and my buddy Mike Schur in nineteen ninety nine weighed ourselves, and we were both like, "What?" Like disgusted by what we weighed. We said, so "Were you ever big?" I can't imagine. No, I was just like kind of skinny fat. They call it. Right. Yeah. But having said that, now I'm a hundred fifty pounds. I could. I, I mean, could like really rip pulling. skin. I mean, you're pulling. No, no, no but it's like a handful of just skin yeah. that I have laying around. Like I don't. It's useless. I don't know why. I got a little more that skin than I needed. Yeah. So now it's grabbable. I don't know. There's no fat on anything. Yeah, I was gonna say. But do you like given that you do you ever think about sort of like lasering it a off? A tuck. Like, getting yeah. a little a wee tuck. Do you do that? Yeah. I haven't. I mean, I've thought about it. Obviously. Yeah. The day is long. <laughs> <laughs> what I wonder with all the tucks, right? Where are we tucking it? Like, what do? You, where are you pulling from? They go like behind your ear. It's just yeah. like, ugh. yeah, man. I don't know. And it just, it just looks painful. It looks like you know the 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 right bit of sunburnt, or just, or, or if you let yourself go, it's all gonna unravel. You know who I thought had pretty good surgery for a bit is Paul McCartney. Oh, like really? he had it probably 20 years ago and I was like, hey, that's good. Yeah. Now he's just my mom. Right. right. Like fully my mom. But but he had something done and yeah. I was like, okay. Yeah. Thing I like about the Beatles. <laughs> nice. Finally, someone's sticking up for him. <laughs> Those guys wrote some of the best songs about death and they're like 23, 25. Yeah. Like, yo, how'd you write yesterday? Yo, my man, how'd you write yesterday? Yeah. Well, you know, how he, uh, he wrote it by starting off with scrambled eggs. Yeah, scrambled eggs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Again. But, but, uh, All right. How? Hey, yo, my man. How'd you write scrambled eggs? Well, well actually, like, even that's not a bad term. But I'm yeah. saying, making it, uh, Eleanor Rick, just like these fucking. It's unbelievable. How, old, how fucking old are you guys? But even that to go from it's about scrambled eggs. But I think I'm going to turn it into the thing about yeah. death, death and nostalgia. Yeah. From so you've got the melody and then the eggs and you're like I should punch these lyrics up. Yeah. And then you do that with it. Yeah. That's that is the thing I always find amazing about them. Have you seen the documentary? Get back. The surveillance film, the surveillance. Yeah, film? if you see yeah, 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 yeah. the oh. the the ring cam. Yeah. Of the Beatles, I did. Did you enjoy it? I loved it. Anytime I watch um, any 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 sort of documentary or anything about partnership or whatever, I just think I was in my work with Dave Chappelle yeah. for a number of years. We did a bunch of shit together, so I just kind of think about those things as like an organism. Yeah. And the mystery of them and the i i'm always amazed mm. i'm just amazed by like the alchemy of of relationships i think what was so interesting as an observer is when you did uh, the speech at the mark twain prize for, right for, yeah for dave 
the way he's laughing at you yeah is that that you as the viewer you get it because you're like oh okay like, yeah and it's that in that same way of like mccartney and lennon were clearly in love with each other yeah like it, it's it's it comes from a love doesn't it it's sort of that thing of there's a such a deep brotherhood and it's you can like, see that in the way he's laughing at you i and totally you, agree you can see you going he still likes me like, well, but, no, but do you know what i mean there's that mccartney it's moment. it's there it's more like i'm pretty funny too huh yeah yeah <laughs> Well, it's the line at the end. <laughs> no, yeah, I, yeah. I agree, yeah. but I'm saying my point was it was the first time people saw me, yeah, 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 and then cutting to him looking at me and going like, "Oh, they're separate," and he the he might have contributed. Yeah, yeah. That was like for me that was the gratifying part. Yeah. Do you still work together? No, no. I'm text. Would you work together again? Uh, I I I can't imagine where, right. but like. Mm. Yeah. I'm not really dying to produce a show or a movie or anything. Like I, I, I really like being a comedian. Right. Like just full stop. I don't like the. It's very hard. You have a show, right? Yeah. So it's kind of the, to, and to, topical comedy, especially. That's what we've done. How many a year do you do? We did fourteen. The most we've ever done was twenty six, and it's just like. I always think topical comedy is a bit like making a sculpture out of shit and the world won't stop shitting. And then you just come home. Dan knows because he used to work on the show. You just come home, you're just covered in shit <laughs> and it, you lose faith in the world because you're viewing it through the prism of, 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 of news. You can end, yeah. And the only reason it's made the news is because it's unusual. And yet, if you're, if you're there at the coalface. That face, becomes the whole, yeah. your entire interface. Yeah, exactly. And you're just, you see stories that are cyclical and depressingly familiar. And then, you know, just watching. Yeah. Have you ever heard John Stewart talk about when he left The Daily Show? No. It's similar. Right. I mean, it's just like when you, you and you think you're making a difference, but then you, <laughs> it, you just see like, and his last episode of The Daily Show, he's like, Fox News has gotten more powerful. Yeah. I didn't really like this is a good valve. Like I understand yeah. that this is a good valve. Yeah. But in terms of changing, yeah, man. It doesn't you ha you I think the host and the main writers and producers have to believe that you're having an effect. Yeah. Um, cuz otherwise why would you do it? Yeah, but that's the thing isn't it when you sort of step away from it and like it's so funny that after like 14 weeks you're kind of there like lieutenant dan at you know new year's you've got the confetti and you're just there at the bar and somebody will go so what have you been up to yeah no idea they, well i've just spent 14 weeks just you know making a difference oh yeah oh uh, yeah uh. and it's uh, what was it like it was awful you know it's just <laughs> and yet it's so it's so gratifying i the thing i often find with sort of topical comedy, all the lessons you learn from it, it'd be so nice to be able to do something that is just a bit more forever, you know? Like, yeah. th 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 that just stands up a bit. I don't think anything does anymore. Yeah. I understand that a topical show is like, expires. Mm. It's very perishable. But I think stand-up shows are like, they have a bit of, they have a bit of preservatives in them. But they're they're they don't last very long either. But I I sort of thinking about the sort of. But I don't mind it. Is my point. But the stuff that you and Dave have done, you know, like. The yeah, but no one else is going to be able to do that. <laughs> I mean, guys, come but, on. But my point being, that's forever, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? It's like, you sort of think of the Rick James sketches and stuff. Some like of that. it, yeah. Some of it, yeah. And of course, the irony of it is, we just had to fucking have something for that week yeah that's yeah yeah it's, that's it's not like and then we knew <laughs> yeah, yeah. the for dave's one of dave's favorite stories that he tells about me is i would have to edit up to the taping and it was before digital tape so i would have to run videotapes from the studio in midtown to uptown yeah and the first block of that season it was like racial draft a bunch of good sketches and then i had a cut of rick james but like i'd spent five hours on it and i was like i have something if you want to just show it just to see where i am like and he's like and meanwhile i haven't slept in three days <laughs> i'm not even kidding yeah. i haven't slept in three days and uh 
and so we're playing it and the only thing we got from it was that cocaine's a hell of a drug was funny yeah and i think there was one callback to it and it's kind of not it's getting like b minus laughs right and uh dave goes ah, this is as good as you get it man and i look at him like like <laughs> like wily e. coyote like covered in soot and i go yeah, sorry, man. <laughs> but just his idea just like, as an anvil drops you, on you. Yes, yeah, yeah. fuck, you, fuck you is what I. It was the subtext. It's like go fuck yourself. Uh, but so that's the thing, and that's I've heard that from like Eddie Murphy, people that you know. It's like you're just trying to survive. Yeah. In any of these timeless, it's like you the Godfather, whatever. Not like any of this is like the Godfather, but but no one. You're too. You're it's just, too loaded to be like, and then yeah. they're gonna make t-shirts. Be fucking. Yeah. I just have to get the edit done by five thirty. Like that, you know. And it's only years later you realize you were in the groove of your life. Do you know what I mean? That you were just grinding, and sort of there was youth and sort of fearlessness and creativity on your side. But at the time, you're just like, ah! yeah. All you can feel is cortisol. Yeah, man. But yeah, I was writing a bit recently about mental health and drug. And every, everything good in life is from psychopaths and drug addicts is like the premise. But I was trying to write a joke and I was thinking about Rick James saying cocaine's a hell of a drug. You know who he said it to? Me. Yeah. But it's too weird to say that. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's like, what do you mean? It's like no one, no one said cocaine's a hell of a drug the first time. I'm like, yeah, they did. They said it to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's too fucking big to. It's like opening the fridge and God's there. Yeah, like, man. so now every time people talk, I want them to say something that great and insane, and I'm disappointed when they don't. <laughs> What's the next thing? Human connection. Okay. Reliable friends. Out here, probably our our line of work. There's a lot of kind of fake depth, right? Of like, we're, you're my brother, you're my brother, or you're my sister, you're my and and people that you can really rely on. I think is the thing I've come to. Uh, very, very much appreciate. And do you have? How many friends would you say you have? Not a lot. There, people are. You know, the last. Five years, I would say four or five. I, at the beginning of COVID, where you started, not like I, it was about vaccines or anything. It was just you kind of got to see like, okay, who do I miss? Right. Who do I value? And were you? Did you do COVID on your own, or did you? Were you? Do you have a partner at this? I infected a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, you, uh, I mean, you look like a hugger. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> you know uh, especially when I'm when I'm full of virus. Yeah. Forget it. Yeah, I was just by myself, and this is back in Venice. And how was that? I liked it. Right. I'm a homebody, introvert, whatever you want to call it. Like, I like, I don't, you know, when you leave a party, do you feel full? I feel, when I leave a party, I generally think, did I hurt their feelings or did they hurt my feelings? Right. Like, I, it's all fraught with, like. I, it's that line, that line in Blocks is such a beautiful joke. The, uh, when you're like, when you're dying, you're worried that the nurse is going to look at you and go, yeah, is that, I'm gonna wonder. Like, is that is is that nurse mad at me? Beep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, yes, that's how I. That's my experience. It's like, ah, did I'm gonna leave here and be like, but fucking Russell, should I not have said something about his nails? Should Maturity for me has been going like, am I getting my needs met? Do I like this? Do I like parties? Yeah, I don't think I do. I think I'm gonna stop going to parties and I'm gonna live with the consequences, which is there aren't any. Yeah, <laughs> they're gonna stop inviting you to the party. Okay, I don't want to go. So there, are, uh, that's just one thing of like. It's funny though, that isn't it? It's when you're like me and my wife, like Keris always says to me, "Are we allowed to go to bed now?" <laughs> like, and it's like, "Yeah, we can." <laughs> yeah. Like, but like at seven o'clock, it's like, "Yeah, is it too early or can we?" Uh, yeah, are we? Can we just go to bed. You know? Yeah, because when the outside world finds out, you're like, "So hang on, you two go to bed at eight, yeah, and you just sit and watch TV together until you go to sleep." Yeah. yeah, but uh, uh, eight. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. we can't. But it's funny, eh? But but that isn't what the real world does. You're like, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, I don't know. It it turns out we can all make our own little real world. Yeah, man. So what are those things instead of like going? Does comedy fill that void? Because that's what I think. A lot of I'm not massively into parties either because how our job is essentially the greatest party because you go right. I want I want two thousand people. I want five hundred people. However it may, may yeah. be. 
I want them all to be there. I want them looking at me, yep. and I'm going to say everything I great party want to say, and then I'm going home. Well, like, the thing I like how about can comedy, a party compare to that? I agree. And there's a, the other thing is with certain relationships, with sort of romantic relationships, I've been less, we'll say the word lucky, skilled, whatever you want to say. It's the thing I like about stand up versus relationships, and I have a joke about it, it's fair. Meaning I get, I understand the rules of comedy. I have to be funny. They pay. I have to be funny. They react. It lasts however. And then I close it with my closer. We all have a closer. It's a big crescendo. And then, and it's fair. You know what I mean? Whereas relationships, I feel like the goalposts are moving and the moods change and the, I changed my mind. I said that then. I don't mean that now. Again, I don't want to be like, audiences are my girlfriend. Uh, I'm not that insane, but I'm saying there there is a benefit to it. Comedy is incredibly difficult, and it's an incredibly high standard and bar, but I, I can clear it a lot of the time. Whereas in relationships, there are bars that I can't. What is a good friend for you? What what other can you think of those moments where you you're like we talk about join ayahuasca? Have you had kind of moments with mates where you've gone, this is I'm in happy now. I think mostly just conversation. Yeah, because I don't need much for like, you know, help me move or you know what I mean. Like, uh, it's more just conversation, connection, understanding, commiseration, and some level of consistency mm-hmm. um and i am incredibly lucky as you are where like it's a joke that i haven't ever done but it's like my life is amazing if i could only experience it for two minutes yeah yeah right. if you could really you know kind of quantum leap leave come yeah. back into this like I'm a comedian, I'm successful, I have ability, and I, like, but you just get caught up in the, I'm late, or I'm, or I'm early, you know, you get caught up in the, in the minutia or the, just the operations of it, but I also am of the mind that I'm, I'm very aware of my fortune a lot. Yeah. Like, a lot. I think the, the thing with stand-up as well, we're super lucky that, the the major currency of it is new ideas that that that, that ultimately like uh, whenever you see seinfeld talk i mean you know guy is has private jets he's absolutely minted and yet he comes alive when he's talking about new bits i literally said on his show i said the thing that i the only thing i like in life is new ideas yeah but it's so true eh? it's that thing of and i think that's the great thing about stand-up that sometimes you go oh I should be doing this I should be doing that but when you have a new bit or a little ping when you try it that moment where you come off stage for the first time you go that's going to be alright that is and it's that moment where you're like once I've figured that out that's going to be alright it's like uh, then there's no but there's no self doubt there's no kind of oh I should be getting this I should be getting that it's the excitement of the new toy that you know you can kick into shape yeah no I agree that is like an amazing there's not anything similar to it that I can think of. So we've had ice cream, we've had ayahuasca, we've had human connection. What's next? Um, travel. Yes, I will book a trip to Tokyo or Amsterdam and do a show. Yeah, but there is something about it's new. It is like I'm gonna, I'm gonna get to Mexico City. And there, I'm going to be a new man. And I'm going to, I gave Ellen DeGeneres a joke one time about when you pack, you pack for a version of yourself that doesn't even exist. Like, I'm going to bring my dancing shoes. You're like, your dancing shoes. Yeah, yeah. Um, And then you wear the same outfit the whole time. That's so true. The amount of times you just pack that shirt where you're like, I'll wear it there. No, (laughs) you don't, you guys don't get it. Like this, I, it's London's fault yeah, that this yeah, shirt yeah. hasn't come into the rotation. Yeah. In Madrid. This is a Madrid shirt. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, so the excitement of that, the sort of reinvent, it is the self reinvention. Traveling on your own is really exciting as well. There's yeah. something very cool about that. Yeah. Like, it feels like something's going to happen. Mm. 
your eyes are a bit more open as well. I yes. Find, you know, because you have to take be your, alert. Yeah, you have to. You just end up taking it in. It's to, exciting. There's also there was a study that said people are more excited before the vacation than on the vacation. Right. Which is okay. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what I could say about travel that 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 would be new other is than like although and i will say that climate change which makes me purge there's a level of guilt to it of like this is not good for mm. anyone yeah it's not good for the local economy it's not good for the sky it's not good for but I, but you just kind of have to like shrug i don't know yeah i mean uh, donate uh, plant trees I don't yeah know. carbon offset yeah i do it they say and then they now they're saying they don't work which I can't believe. I yeah. really thought they were going to work. Shoot. I thought that was a, you, if you cut down a 50 year old tree, <laughs> if you planted a baby tree, that would be just mm -hmm. as good. No, there was never, it was never going to work. How did you find Tokyo? Cause I adored it. I'd never been anywhere. I've been, I felt so far out of my culture. There's no, there's nothing in English to help you it's out. What I like about Tokyo, Singapore, Bangkok, Tokyo especially is like, if someone said you're not on Earth, you'd be like, yeah, I don't think I am. Yeah. This doesn't feel like Earth. The size of it's amazing, tidy, decent people. I also like, did you grow up Catholic? No. Catholic, so I like disappearing. Right. I like not being observed. I like not being like judged or a friend of mine said, I don't always want to be perceived. So when you go to Tokyo, like as a, no one gives a fuck like yeah you're not even there yeah. and no one it literally feels like you're like hiding yeah behind a, the hemisphere i'm we went into a noodle bar uh, and you, it, you had to kind of queue up and everyone was eating and then you just had to just sit stand behind the people when they'd finished and they were just kind of eating and there was no looking over Yep, you know what I mean. It's just like slurping away, and then you sit down, you eat your noodles, and then you kind of wander off. But there's no, it doesn't feel like you're you're so right about that. There's no kind of like judgment, or there's no like, mm, is that what you're wearing? It or? doesn't count. Yeah, it's like not for competition. Yeah. It's like it's completely removed from my life. Me and my mum, we did a TV show, and we were trained by a ninja. It was mm. one of the things unbelievable. Fantastic. So, so we hung out with this young lady, probably about twenty five, like fully fledged ninja and was showing us how to throw death stars incredible how I so I, I found it so arousing to be near a young woman that could kill me and today uh, she's your wife she is she's my wife but I was telling mum and it was it's a bit unsettling because my mum's like oh alright okay fine <laughs> but I just You're found like, it, no but I'm so turned on yeah mom. yeah I just she could she was yeah she could kill us I haven't done anything like that but I just yeah Tokyo's great. I had fun in Amsterdam. I had yeah. fun in London this year. Just walked a lot. Yeah. Um, what did, where did you uh, go in London? What were your places? Just like the Portrait Gallery and the Tate and the, you know, it's like I had jet lag, so I went to the Tate at like 10 in the morning. It was great. London's a nice place to walk early morning in the way that America isn't. America, like particularly LA, I've mm -hmm. had jet lag. Going for a stroll around LA at seven in the morning. Whew. No. It's... Um, it's yeah. Not, it's not, yeah. It it's, yeah. There was a guy carrying one golf club and he didn't look like he was working on his putting. It was, <laughs> do you know what I mean? You just see a guy yeah. walking along the road with a golf club, you're like, ah, probably just you know, turn I around. You know, I gotta say, sir, I'm, it raises more questions. <laughs> yeah. What's the next thing? This is big and wide, but technology. Okay. I'm in favor of it. Yeah, okay. I'm amazed by all the shit. I went to film school in the early 90s and we had the um, even run the thing about I had to run a tape up to Chappelle show it would take me so long it was so arduous yeah the fact that I can do it all on my phone now is I've missed flights just joyously editing on my phone right like I love it I can't believe it I can't believe it's that simple uh, th that's just editing recording the cameras are amazing it's a gps it's a map it's uh, it does so many things that like when there's a piece of technology like this microphone that is only a microphone you're like you're a fucking loser compared to the uh, to your electronic brothers what's your uh electronic go-to what do you love at the minute uh what do you mean apps wise or something just the thing that really 
that you is there something you want you look at and you go oh, I've got to get me a piece well of that. the problem right now is that they there's not the iPhone's pretty complete like there's not much more it could do yeah so we're kind of maxed out uh is there a thing I would like the iPhone could do one thing what set the Chinese kids free <laughs> 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 do you know what I mean? I don't, I don't think it's gonna happen. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, I don't think I don't know what what's left. Yeah, man. What like I'm like I this is pretty good. Friend of mine has a big hit. I won't say who. And we were talking about AI, and he's like, whenever I hear artists complain that AI can come up with a song in forty seconds, and he goes, well, it took you three minutes. Right. He's like, your biggest hits took you three minutes top. So, like, wh why are you, like, why yeah, are you yeah. complaining about this other thing that can do it quicker? I guess that it's not human, only no humans get money. But, it's, all right, so that's one less than norm, you know. The the money side of it, I kind of get. The, the, the It's like the writer's strike. There was part of me thinking, like, you know, if you're Tarantino, if you're kind of Chris Nolan, whatever, but if you're writing, you know, if it's a Michael Bay film, <laughs> do you know what I mean? If you've written a, a Marvel film, <laughs> it's like, do you know what I mean? If like we're, yeah. we're, we're artists, I don't know. Yeah. I, I think there's a sometimes bit, there's couple a pages, bit of a formula there. It's yeah. like every Tom Cruise film is the same. It's like he say, you know, he saves the world, he gets the girl, jumps off a cliff. Every film, it's just him leaping off a cliff. I'm not gay. Did and that's <laughs> did you hear Judd Apatow had a joke about? Uh, Tom Cruise, where he said, uh, he goes, whenever all of his stunts seem like an ad for Scientology. <laughs> but it is. Which is basically it is. Yeah. Like it's the similar, like, I'm not, would a gay guy do that? <laughs> yeah. but, it, but it's so true. It's just, and that's the moment in every film where you can feel everyone in the cinema talking. Oh, that was a bit, you know, mm. you know, it's really him. He really and, and, and then no one has the guts to say, I don't care that yeah. it's really him. It'd be so great. The whole thing's an illusion. Yeah. but you This just didn't actually happen. Is this story, is he really in MI6? But just to hear somebody at the back of the cinema just bellow, sit still, you fidgety cunt. <laughs> like, it just would be the perfect. Dan actually heard the best heckle, I think, ever. It was um, during um, Planet of the Apes. And, you know, the moment when Caesar... It was the the reboot, and he grabs the guy's arm, and uh, and says no. Apparently, there was a guy. Am I right, Dan? In a cinema in London, who went yes, boss. <laughs> and I just love that. My favorite heckle. So you can edit this however you want. My okay. favorite heckle. Yeah. That I've ever heard in a movie theater. The movie was Turner and Hooch. <laughs> okay. So this is old school. How old are you? We don't talk about it. Okay. I'm in the theater and. About 55 minutes into the movie, dead silence, and someone goes, Hooch is awesome. <laughs> so, thank yeah. you, Dan. Thank yeah. you for that laugh. God, is that you? Like, I, Is there anyone you would still like to meet? Hey, Neil, how old are you? you Saw Hicks live. Hey. Met him. Did you? Chappelle said he's never seen me that nervous. Wow. I, I guess I technically introduced Dave Chappelle to Bill Hicks. Oh, my God. Yeah, I know. Since it sounds... Odd, but and how and did how did you get on with him? Uh, I knew uh, my buddy, a buddy of mine at the time, Stu knew Hicks somehow, maybe from the Improv in New York, and this is in '93. But I, wow, he was so doing was a just... show, yeah, like didn't know he was sick, yeah, and he did a show at Caroline's, this club, and he, it was a Sunday night, and it was like a third full. Wow. Yeah, it wasn't a triumph. It wasn't like. We couldn't get to him. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like so. When, it's also the revisionist history of like it must have been like no, it was not popular at yeah. least in the states. Like it was. Yeah, he kind of he had a real breakthrough in the UK, and he was kind of you know, um, sort of popular. He did a bunch of sort of Channel Four shows and yeah. sort of did the Dominion, which I think is probably like a sort of two thousand seat theater. Did a tour and, but, um, yeah, but meeting him that's pretty cool. Yeah, I, it's a, one of those things of like, what do you want, you know? What do you want? I don't know if it's meat, but it's like I'd want to have him on my podcast. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. meat, I'm not, but like I, I'd like like Matt Damon. I'd like Obama. I'd like uh, Robert Downey Jr. Like people, yeah. I met Robert Downey. I met Obama one time. Like, but I, but like speak to them. Yeah. 
in a in a in a way I can monetize. No. <laughs> but it's that thing. But I uh, some uh, connect to them in a way that they don't connect with people in public often. Is yeah. kind of the point of podcast. Yeah. I did an interview with Greta Thunberg on mm. on TV and it was a similar thing where th- we just had this kind of really funny chat and she kind of revealed loads about herself. We didn't really talk about the environment and it was just a fun conversation where you sort of met the really young girl underneath this insane brand and it was yeah. it was brilliant she turns out really into knitting frog hats so funny and only eats baked beans and milk but really like a real laugher great sense of humor but i think that, that having a conversation with her where you're like, hey, he has things rather than so tell me about yeah the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hit your talking point i don't think she'd had a conversation where people hadn't said hit your talking point for yeah. a long time it was great and i think that's what podcasts do isn't it yeah. i often think it's one in terms of meeting people you want them to meet you sort of as particularly other stand-ups you kind of like as you've described my face earlier that i would so i now want you to see me do stand-up so that we can be cool how long are you here for i'm here until tomorrow oh fuck. why i was gonna say if you want to come by we could do a podcast but you know really can't figure it out son of a bitch yeah okay. um but next time you do i'd love next to time here do it was very nice to meet you and now that i know that your humanity <laughs> i will how i, I want to know how i was behaving man not dude it was like <laughs> three minutes it was just like a lot of like mics listen you had three of the fuckers so if we're talking about mics <laughs> folks i think you gotta end on that you do um, that was so amazing. Yeah, so dude, nice to meet really, you, man. Really great to meet Ladies and gentlemen, the wonderful Neil Brennan. Oh, we should say, um, if people want to uh, find Neil you. NeilBrennan.com, YouTube. I got a podcast called Blocks. I got two specials on, three and a half, two and a half specials on Netflix. Blocks, Three Mics, Comedians of the World. And I'm on Seinfeld thing. And I'm all over the uh, Chappelle show, of course, if you want to. And if you really want to be friends with him, just turn up with a new iPhone, ice cream, tickets to Mexico. And, and of course, a little, a little, a quarter of an ounce of ayahuasca. Just a quarter of an ounce, <laughs> nothing more. And fucking help yourself to whatever you want. <laughs> so there you go. That was Neil. If you want to see more of him, you can follow him on Instagram at Neil Brennan, and you can watch his latest special, Blocks, on Netflix. Thanks very much for watching. If you fancy a bit more Wonderbox, I'll be here next week. Hold up. 